We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, let's talk about the Notre Dame defense in this game. And I know this was a part of the ball that you studied a lot, uh, you know, as part of our, we kind of try to split up duties a little bit. And I, I know we raved about the performance of the defense, but defense sure. for it, for us, especially as offensive guys, requires even more. Let's dive into the film just because there's certain things we see. And I know that we, our initial impression was that we liked the game plan from Al Golden. And on the rewatch, I know you were fired up about what you saw, but let's so let's just kind of spend a few minutes, Vince, kind of talking yeah. about what specifically you saw that 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 was so effective for Notre Dame. Which again, they did what they needed to do. You're playing a bad offense. It's your job right. to dominate and shut down that bad offense. They didn't do that against Central Michigan. That was a bad offense, worse than Pitts. And they let them move the ball early in the game. Right. They didn't make that mistake against Pitt. Right. Why? Yeah, and there there were, you know, um they Pitt was making a concerted effort to get the ball to the outside. They they knew that they were not going to have success trying to run the ball up the middle against this defense. And they're right. I mean, I, I, that was that was good. That was a that was a good game plan by the Pitt offense because that was not going to work. And early on, they were able to get away with some stuff on the perimeter. Most of that in my opinion was execution on Notre Dame's part. I thought the defensive ends were coming down a little bit too shallow, a little bit too hard. They were giving up the edge. And then there was also a little bit of the linebackers not – they were just hesitating just enough that they lost contain and they lost a good angle and the back was able to beat the linebacker to the edge and then get upfield. After the first drive or two, the defense kind of settled down a little bit and the defensive ends did a much better job of containing and staying high to prevent that from happening, number one. And then number two, not only did the linebackers do a better job of not hesitating and just coming downhill right now, but then also the safety, specifically Xavier Watts. And one of the things he just does so well when he's when he's locked in, he plays the alley so well. I mean, he comes down like a missile from the third level and is making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And he did that on a number of different occasions where he has just come like, where did zero come from at the turn the film back and watch. And just, he is just coming downhill from the third level. He wasn't even playing on the second level. He was coming from the third level all the way down. And I, I, I texted this to Brian as I was watching the film. I said, when, when JD Bertrand is on and he was on in this game, he is so fast sideline to sideline. And I, and, and I know it's a it's a uh, it's a beaten horse conversation, but he is so fast, people. Like he can once he reads something and he comes downhill, he gets to where he needs to be and he makes plays. And he made a bunch of those in this game as well. So I, I thought there there were some some issues at the beginning with the with the outside runs and the ball getting to the outside. But after that. They were getting to those outside runs. Remember, they they were trying to run some well, options. Real, real quick, Vince, real quick, because I I think that factors into it. Is it, explain because they hit they hit an outside zone twice. They hit a quick pitch outside. 
and they got a couple throws outside in the first half. That's where a lot of their yards came from. And Mm -hmm. like those plays were like, oh crap, they went for like eight, nine yards. Like I I remember when I said to you up top at the beginning, I was like, dude, they're getting eight yards and they feel like they just ripped off a 25 yard game. Oh, yeah. Remember that? It was like when they would gain eight yards, you almost felt like, dude, they just they just got a big one because they just could (laughs) there was just like weren't getting anything. But explain yeah. kind of what some of those issues were. And and because you talk about R- Z- Xavier Watts running the alley, that's not necessarily what they were doing as much early on, which right. allowed it to get outside. So I believe when you broke it down, you said they weren't setting the edge. The ends weren't really doing a good right. job setting the edge. Yeah. And then and once a lot they of got times, off the edge, yeah. there, was, there wasn't really anybody there. And the safeties were kind of coming late. But Notre Dame adjusted, and you started seeing them do a better job of kind of getting those safeties a little bit more. And they started doing some things where they were stunning their linebackers as well, right. well which when then they would see sweep they would go so those are a couple we talked in-game about adjustments pretty quick that yeah. worked we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The, and the other thing that worked really well is obviously, you know, the quarterback for, for Pitt was under duress. I mean, the entire game. Yeah. I mean, the entire game. And the the delayed blitz package that Notre Dame had with their linebackers has just gotten so much better. They, they have timed out their blitzes so much better this year than they ever did last year. And, that, and that's one of those nuances to a complicated defense that Al Golden runs that it just takes time to get it right. and. You know, in year two, you've got these guys that have been in this defense for two years now. They're getting it, and they're they're doing a much better job of disguising some different things. There were some times where they came early, but then they bailed out, and Pitt didn't know what to do up front. And they've got guys blocking air, which allows other guys to come free and do their thing because this guy didn't actually come, and they thought he was going to come. You know, it was just it was it was really well done in that regard. And I think Al Golden if we're going to talk scheme here for a second, I think Al Golden did a really has done a really good job of not just bringing guys to bring guys. I thought, you know, we saw them him bring six a couple different times, but it, most of the time it was either four or five. And when they brought a fifth, they would bring a guy off the edge. There was a uh, Thomas Harper came once, you know, they would bring, uh, you know, a linebacker on a twist and go. It was a delayed blitz. I mean, there was a couple of different things that they were doing and they were never coming from the same place which he had Pitt just guessing on who was going to come and where they were going to come from. And the other thing I really liked, we talked about the corner depth in the show last night, obviously. I mean, they didn't miss a beat, right? Well, they also didn't miss a beat because they stuck with the game plan, even though Benjamin Morrison was kind of a late scratch. They stuck with it. There were times where they were running man free on the outside and they brought six and they're like yeah these guys can do it and we're still going to run that defense we're going to we're still going to run that call and it ended up working out because the defense was super sticky in the back and it allowed them to bring six or even five and they were just playing man to man and they didn't get beat and so it shows a lot of faith that Al Golden has in my opinion in the personnel that he has And I also think, and I said this last night, that he knows his guys now. He knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses, and he's playing into it. And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. And now these guys are just out there playing. So 
the final thing I want to talk about, and I know I'm putting it all out there, but the gang tackling, the team tackling in this game was so good. It was so good. The the play where uh, they completed a pass to Cam Hart's man, and Cam Hart read it so well. He was playing loose because it was like a third and long situation, so he's playing back. As soon as the quarterback looks in the direction of Cam Hart's man, he's coming down like a missile, and he gets there a split second early. The guy catches it, and Cam kind of slows him up, doesn't make the tackle, but within a 1-1,000 count, there were six gold helmets around the ball and making the play because Cam Hart would slowed him up just enough that it allowed half the de- literally half the defense to come over and make the play. That happened on more than one occasion. Plays in the backfield, you know, I, the open field tackling was really, really good, and the team tackling, I thought, is so much better than it was early on in the season. Mm-hmm. So kind of threw a lot out at, at you there. No, it's good. It's it good. Was, it we was had a, really good. We had a chance also, Vince, to a uh, couple observations. I mean, you, you had said it already. When J.D. Bertrand's on, he's really good. He was on on Saturday. Maris had a very unproductive game after the sack, but I thought he was in a really good position. Yes. He a lot. It just, uh, yeah, very well. Yeah, the like, ball there, just there, never there, got to him. And yeah, that's really exactly. I mean, like JD had five tackles. Marist had, I think, one. It was the sack. The ball just never came to him. He's very rangy in coverage. He had the pass yeah. breakup. And Jack Kaiser had two tackles. So you didn't have a ton of production. I mean, your two leading tacklers had five because Pitt didn't run a lot of plays because you kept getting them off the field. Right. Uh, you know, right. a lot. And, and a lot of their, their throws came to second. I mean, 19 carries the whole game. You had 32 throws. He only ran 51 plays, and how many of those were against your backups? I'm looking mm-hmm. at the drive chart again here real quick. The last two pit drives, they ran, let's see, eight, 11 plays their last three drives against Notre Dame's backups. So they ran 51 plays, and only like 40 of them were against the first-team <laughs> defense because yeah, it just kept good. forcing punts and turnovers. Yeah, And so – uh really strong performance but you had a chance to kind of watch the defensive line a little bit and and was my was my re our read last night uh, correct that you just felt like Pitt Notre Dame's D-line spooked Pitt before the game even started oh and they yeah. just avoided them they just avoided them I mean, they, avoided I mean the whole, yeah they, they and and again the defensive line allowed Al Golden to just rush for on numerous occasions and they were still able to get pressure in the backfield and alter some things that they wanted to do in the run game. And I mean, you want to talk about seeing ghosts. I mean, that's, that's what 11 yeah. in white was seeing all night well, long. That's what he just... Frank Signetti up in the press box was seeing. He saw ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. You can't have success playing football. If you are afraid to run in between the tackles, because you just yeah. know you're going to get dominated. I mean, you got to find right. something, you got to find some right. kind of answer. I mean, and Howard Cross was, was getting very, I mean, he had to feel very helpless. Right. Like that's a helpless feeling as a coordinator. Like, dude, I know we're just going to get destroyed up front. I got to. Right. And that's why you saw the quick game. You saw the outside zones. You saw the speed options. Like trying to get rid of the ball. Understand yourself like these speed options are dumb, but it's kind of like it's the only thing that they can do, because if they can catch Notre Dame, here's the thing. If they could catch Notre Dame in a blitz, then it was going to hit. But they they weren't able to catch it because Notre Dame didn't blitz a ton. They hit a couple pass plays against Notre Dame like late in the half. Uh, against the blitz, a couple slants, a couple balls. They, yeah, like, they were thrown behind the blitz, blitz. which is what you're saying. And that to set do. up their missed field goal drive. Yes. But that was yeah. one series they got a couple, but they were trying to catch Notre Dame in those speed options like like Louisville did and just try to get outside of them. Let, they're going to crash inside, slant inside. You get outside of it, but Notre Dame is adjusted and they play it better. That Louisville was able to get them, but no one else is going to get them because Notre Dame is now adjusted to that and they're going to be better prepared for it. But yeah. a big part of it too, Vince, I think you nailed it is, when your safeties play as well as Notre Dame's are right now in the run game, especially Xavier Watts, there's not a lot you can do, yeah, you know, exactly. especially when you're D-line. Because what you can do is you can run play action and throw the ball down the field. Problem with that is to run play action, throw the ball down the field, you need time to throw. And Pitt yes. wasn't going to get that on Saturday. They right. weren't getting and that they, and the And the other thing about the secondary and the, and the defensive line is the defensive line was getting, like I said, they were getting pressure all night long and they forced some really errant throws, but the secondary made them pay for it. I mean, they, they were where they needed to be 
And, you know, the, the first interception by Xavier Watts, he was where he needed to be. He's playing over the top. I think it was a man-free concept, actually. He's playing over the top. The ball sails because of the pressure. Yeah. He's there to make the play, right? The the Jaden Mickey pick six, that was a bad throw because he was under pressure. And he ended up throwing it a little bit too far outside of the receiver. Jaden Mickey's right there getting ready to make a play because he on two different occasions – he had stepped in front and almost made a play. And this one, he was getting ready to step in front. He didn't even need to because the ball was thrown so far outside. Yeah. But that's where he was headed when the ball came out and he's able to make that play. So not only did the defensive line hurry the quarterback and make him make some errant throws, but the secondary made him pay for it. Yeah, And that is huge because that hasn't always been the case, right? Notre Dame's had some really good defensive lines and they put pressure on quarterbacks. But the secondary just never made made them pay for those mistakes. They're even the twenty eighteen even the twenty eighteen secondary. Like right. I would say that secondary Vince was better consistently throughout the year because those safeties were very good throughout the year. Sure. But as good as Jalen Elliott and Alohi Gilman were that year, the reality is is they were never as dominant as the what Xavier Watts is doing right now. Over the last right. few games. And yeah. it's not just this game. I mean, Xavier had, you know, big plays against Duke. He had big plays against uh he had big plays against USC, he had big plays against NC State. So you know, he he's just well playing all year, a, but he's very high playing, level right now. Yeah. He's playing in another world now. Like, yeah. 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 And if he can keep he's that hot. up, man. He's hot. And and they're yeah. playing into oh, yeah. it. That's the thing, is that's the smart part, is they're playing into it. They're 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 leaning into his success, so to speak. Right. And you talk about dominance from the defense, Vince. I mean, here's the thing that, that that I really like. When you look at the success Pitt had throwing, they only threw for 202 yards in the game, right? And the, the thing about it is if you look at the numbers they had, I mean, it was, I mean, almost all against the backup defense, I believe. I'm, I'm looking now. They had a 34-yard pass. They beat Christian Gray on a 34-yard pass. No, I'm, I'm watching the game. They got Drake Bowen in the game. They got a Don Schuler, Antonio, um, Antonio, sorry, Antonio Carter in the game. They've got, um, uh, I mean, I think the only starter on the field at the time from that game was Jaden Mickey and Jordan Patojo. It's the only starters that were in the game at that point in time. And so, and then you hit a 50 yard gain against the full backups. You had a blown coverage, so like 84 of your, of your actually, and then you got the touchdown pass which went for what'd that go for? It went for 19. So 84 plus 19, 103 of your 202 passing yards came on three completions against your backup defense. I mean, it. that's why I say it was an even more dominant performance than the numbers reflect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was Vince. It was an impressive thing to watch. And it was, it I mean, was, I- it was scheme. It was execution. It was all of it, right? It just was, it was sure. just, you know, the safeties were where they needed to be. The linebackers were doing what they needed to do. And other than, I mean, and even Xavier Watts, as good as he played, he didn't, he wasn't as dominant as he was against USC. He just right. was doing what he, he was just doing his job. I mean, it wasn't like he was making these like Herculean plays like he made on the second interception at USC, right, Vince? Or the force fumble that he had or the, the picking it up. He wasn't doing that. He was just, Doing his job. They're asking yeah. him to do this, run the alleys, go run the alleys, make the play. Boom, right? I mean, he wasn't it. like like the tackle floss that he had. It wasn't that he like ran down, blew up a lead blocker, threw him aside, makes it's just like I make my read, I fly downhill, yeah. tackle for loss. But he isn't he right? so much more confident but, in what he's doing back sure, there? Though? But that's like, the point. That's yeah, the point. Is right. like they're letting him just just like Thomas Harper, same thing. Just this is my job. Yeah. I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna kick this guy's yeah. butt. Yeah. And that's what it really was the whole game, Vince. It was just, we know what we're doing. We're going to do it 100 miles an hour, and we're going to kick the mess out of the guy in front of me. That's what it was. And then you mm-hmm. put Jaden Mickey and Christian Gray in the game, and it's like they're playing with every bit of, of the confidence that the starters do. And right. Jaden was actually playing a little too confidently. That's why he got beat on the double move. And it just was like, he wasn't like, uh-oh, I, I feel this pressure and – and I'm filling in for Benjamin Morrison. It was just like it was more of like, okay, now I get a sh- chance to go show you what I can do in this game. And Christian Gray right. wasn't like, oh, I haven't played in a month, and you know, it's just like, all right, I got you. I'll lock this guy down, coach. Yeah. And just the the, 
this group is playing it incredibly confidently. And you got to give the coaches credit for that because they've been able to scale back things a little bit and say, we're going to do a lot and we're going to confuse teams with, with our different looks, but it can't be at the expense of our guys playing hundred miles an hour and mistake limiting the mistakes in what we do. I don't want to say mistake free because you're always going to make some mistakes, but man, I thought I'd tell you what, that, that was it. Even, even within the context of how bad the pit offense is, that was one of the better performances we've seen from a Notre Dame defense in, in, in a couple of years, in my opinion. Just be, when you look at the first team defense and what it was able sure. to do, even well, and, with the context of how bad Pitt is. Well, and remember, I mean, we can talk about the season as a whole too. Remember how bad Notre Dame secondary was at just breaking up passes and, and things like that? I mean, they mm-hmm. pretty sure they had single digit, wasn't it like single digit passes to the safety? The last year, the safeties. safeties had eight passes defensed which is breakups and interceptions combined. Right. right. That eight passes defense last season is an entire secondary, is an entire safety group. I'm, I'm well, just, we know they're just going to make Xavier Watts correct. Quick, almost right? has that by himself. So you had Brandon Joseph had a pick. So they had one pick and then pass breakups. You had two by DJ Brown. So that's three. You had one by Brandon Joseph. That's four. You had seven. You had seven passes defense last year, Vince, from the entire second, the entire safety depth chart. Seven. You look forward to this year. Xavier Watts has six picks by himself. Right. And then Xavier has four pass breakups. He's got 10 passes defense by himself. Solo. Yeah. Right. But like, here's the thing you've got, two pass breakups from DJ Brown, a pass breakup from Ramon, Ramon Henderson, right? So he he's in that. Con- so that's three. So that's 13. That's 13. Right? No, no. I'm just like, just w- like three by them. You've got a oh. pick from DJ and a pick from Ramon. So you've got five passes defense by the other safeties already. Right. Th- nine games. Those th- take, take, take his 10 out and you're still creeping <laughs> up on last year. Yeah. Life. Right. With, four three games four games left to play including the right. postseason so uh but then you add the 10 from xavier and you're like you've doubled you've already doubled up what you did all of yeah. last year i mean and so again I, I, yeah guy that we yeah, were yeah. critical of chris o'leary man tip of the cap to you we hammered chris o'leary now washington last year deservedly sure. so and their guys are playing at a very high level this year and that's yep. allowing the linebackers to finally show what who they are right because like they know they there's a trust in the guys behind them there's a trust in guys in front of them, and Al Golden is allowing them to be a D-line driven defense. That's the biggest difference between the first five, six games and the last four. Is you're seeing the D-line being turned loose even more and more and more, and you're seeing Xavier Watts, the light going on a little bit. And that's so, that's hard. Also, for context, Notre Dame was 125th in the nation in passes defense last year. Okay. They had 34 total last year, all last year, okay? This year, they are 11th in the nation with 45 already, nine games in. So 11 more in nine games. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, they're, they're just playing at a different level, and I think confidence and coaching just have so much to do with it, right. you know? I mean, and of course, oh, Xavier Watts is and- leading the nation in interceptions. Right. And last year, you had 10 of those 34 were by Benjamin Morrison all by himself. Yeah. So so go. last year, Benjamin Morrison, your your freshman All-American, had, let's see here, 29.4% of your interceptions. Right. Now, right, or I mean, your pass is defense. Now, he's got eight in eight games. So he's actually on pace to have even more than he did last year. Just this year, it's more breakups than picks. Like last year, he had sure. six picks and four breakups. This year, he only has, only has two picks. They have six breakups. So if he'll play 12 games this year because he missed one, he's on pace for 12 passes defensed because he's averaging yeah. one a game, right? Assuming he comes back. And so he's on pace to have even more than he did last year, right? But this year, he's only got 17.8% of the team's passes defense. That's a over 10% drop-off, even though he is on a better breakup right. per game rate than he was a year ago when he was a freshman All-American. 
Right. And so again, the safeties have over doubled. The safeties have what a third of that, right? And you know, you could you could even add even more into that if you wanted to count Thomas Harper as a safety. But I I count Thomas Harper as a corner because we we can't comparing last year because we count treat Bracy as a corner. Right. 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 And I think the nickel's more of a corner than he is a safety. Even I though Thomas too. Harper's listed as a safety, it's he that's more of a corner position. Right. But you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing production from that from that one as well. And that's just been a, a, a big part of what they're doing this year. Yep. And, and he's been a very underappreciated part of the secondary, in my opinion. Like I know he had the perceived bad game uh, against Ohio state. I think that's still debatable. He's only got two pass breakups on the season, but he's got five tackles for loss, two sacks and 33 tackles. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good production. Yeah. 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 I mean, coming into the year, he had, let's see, three, four. He had five tackles for loss his entire career at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. And, you know, 33 tackles, again, is, is, is pretty good. I, I believe that's a career high for him already. Yeah, his previous career high was 30. So he's already set career high in, in sacks, tackles for loss, and, and tackles. So, yeah, he, he's, he's having a nice year, too. And I believe he's yeah. already ta- – uh, his highest pass breakups ever in season was three. Because the thing we always said is he's just sticking coverage. You just don't throw at him a whole lot, but he he's been pretty good. He's got a forced fumble, so he's been he he's been a very underappreciated part of what they're doing. I agree. I agree. So All right. Vince, well, I think, I think that's good, right? Oh, you, I, I know I one thing that we were disappointed thing, yeah. by is Jordan Patelho. I didn't think played well. He had the sack, no. but it was like a late sack. Other people. He's got to really figure. They got to yeah. if they can. He's they got to get that viper position going because we're just not seeing the kind of production we need. And they're playing him a bunch. They played Junior to Alamaka a bunch. I know Josh Burnham played, but he's he hasn't practiced a whole lot. My understanding the last couple of weeks because he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, so that's why he didn't play as gotcha. much. Did play some of the the backup minutes, but it's not so much that he can't play because he hasn't practiced. It's just you you need to kind of know what you're doing and. A veteran guy, or if you're in a depth issue, you you may play a guy who doesn't practice a whole lot, but that's why he didn't play as much with the ones. But you've got to get more from the Viper position. Yes. A lot more. Agreed. I mean, you, you did have the sack, which was nice, but that was a – he was kind of the third guy on. You know, other people mm-hmm. had kind of chased him into Jordan. And so that's a position I'd say. That's the one, if I had to say complaint. Yeah. Is and, and, and to get Junior – Junior made a couple of kind of rookie mistakes with the yeah. with the setting Which the edge is. and stuff like that. I mean, absolutely, that's why I say rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah, as a he's a sophomore, but he's right. a, he's he's kind of to me still a rookie as a white. And it's and it, yeah, it's not his. I mean, I don't think it's his natural position. I mean, and he's learning a Agreed. new position. You know Agreed. what I mean? And so you know he's still learning it. So I'm not I'm not ready to dog him kind of as much as I was kind of willing to dog Jordan just because of their experience level and all of those different things uh just stating a fact that junior had some mistakes you know there was the reverse he definitely lost contain on the reverse yeah. and you know just, yep. just some things like Good that oh, i forgot about that and, yeah. and what a job by christian gray on that too. oh my gosh because did you see because i know you didn't see it live vince did you no. see it when you watched Ooh. the altar? the job he made he a great that he, guy? he did a great job of getting off because he was running with the wide receiver but he then he noticed Plays coming back towards him, does a great job of getting off the wide receiver, and then comes down and makes that play. There were a few too many guys that kind of got sucked in to the fake going to the other direction. And if Christian doesn't make that play, that's a that's a bigger play. Uh, at least Pitt. eight, nine more yards. At <laughs> least. Yes, that's a bigger play. And so he did a really, really good job of coming up and making that play in the open field. So yeah. give him a lot of credit. And there were a couple of other times where he was kind of there to make a play. And he's just quite not big enough yet to just kind of yeah. fight through some of that. Yeah. Um, but his instincts were right. And he was kind of, a, it was actually, you know what, Brian, similar to Benjamin Morrison last year. Remember, he would be in position to make some plays, but then he would kind of get run over or, you know, because he just wasn't physically ready to take on some of the guys that are out there blocking. Uh, but his instincts were right. And he's in the right spot. And so I think that's huge. Uh, for him because he's obviously his playing time is going to increase dramatically next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the one, if you say, could, what can the defense do better down the stretch? We talked, Oh, last thing, third down. We talked about it last night. The defense was great on third down. And a big part of it was because they were very disruptive on early downs right. to the point where they basically made 
Pitt almost gave up on third down. Yeah. Because yeah, what I what I liked is Notre Dame played off on third and long like they used to do, but they didn't give. So what they would do in the past, Vince, is they would line up off coverage and then kind of like backpedal and then, and then like let the ball get caught. But they actually kind of sat more and then ran hard to the ball. And that's why Pitt was, you know, you're thinking, man, they're just going to give up easy yards here. And a couple times they did, but they were like later in the game. Yeah, that was something else we saw too that I, that I liked. But yeah, but but overall, third down was much better by both teams in this game. Uh, but if the defense continue to improve on third third down and run defense, the two struggles for the Notre Dame defense, they did much better in those two areas. Now you got to keep that going. But if you and if you can find a way to get a little bit more out of your Viper position, I think that could add that yes. could add some value to both of those spots. Agreed. So. Once you wrap that part up, Vincent, we do have a couple super chats we'll get to, and then you can cool. wrap it up. Excuse me. So we'll just get a couple of these super chats, and we will thank you all very, very much for those. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate the super chat. Just wanted to say it was great to meet you guys yesterday. I wish you were able. I wish we were able to meet Vince. Sorry. Uh, again, thank you, IB, for all the info you give us. My wife wanted to know mm-hmm. if you got your wife a blanket. Not yet. No, I'm going to. I'm going okay. to. I didn't have a chance to go over to the bookstore. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, nice. Going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go on the weekend. Like we have no. the ability to go when it's not the home game weekend, and that's what you want to do. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. I will definitely be getting here because it's the kind of blanket she loves to have around the house. And oh, the yeah. other Notre Dame blanket that we have has kind of been taken over by the dogs. That's kind of <laughs> their blanket now. Yeah. And so uh need that's to have true. one for her. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Yep. Absolutely. Next time, next tailgate. All right, uh, Matt says, hey, guys, thank you for all the great content. I know you are men of God and really would appreciate your prayers for my wife, who was diagnosed with breast cancer on Friday. Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely praying for you. I'll talk to Angie about that, too, Matt. Definitely. I know that's uh, scary. I'm sure you feel helpless feeling, but uh, I'm I'm a big believer in the power of prayer, man. I really am. And I hope that um, I hope that uh, your wife has a lot of that. A lot of that, but keep us, keep us in a loop, man. And and again, we'll be here for you for whatever you Absolutely. need. You know what I mean? Yep. As far as whatever, just be an escape or if you need prayer, whatever the case may be. So just get with me on that and, and uh, I'm wishing all the best to the both of you. Absolutely. Raymond, thanks for the super chat. Got here late. Can't stay. So I'll watch tomorrow. Just wanted to show support. Go Irish. Thanks, Vince and Brian. Thanks, Raymond. Thanks for that, Raymond. Appreciate, it, Appreciate you. Hope your Monday's going well. Hopefully yes. you're listening to it tomorrow. All right, Nathan Milton, thanks for the super chat. Trust me, Raymond, Raymond will, for sure. <laughs> uh, best ND defense since? Uh, 2018. I mean, you know, there's there's some areas where the 2018 defense is better. There's some areas where the 2023 defense is better. I think that this is going to sound a little crazy, but the way the secondary is playing now, it's playing better than the 2018 secondary played. The difference is, is the 2018 secondary played that way all the time. I mean, it just, it did like, it was that way from beginning to end. Like I know Julian Love got beat on that one go, that one post route by I think uh, Nico Collins, Nico Collins uh, by Michigan. But other than, I mean, the, the secondary played great. I mean, although he had that big pass breakup in the end zone in that game, the coverage overall against Michigan was really good. I mean, just that secondary was good from start to finish. Uh, that the um, that defense was also more productive from a disruption standpoint. You know, this defense is averaging uh, this year 5.2 tackles for loss per game, and a lot of that's padded by the USC game. And the 2018 defense averaged six yards per game. They just were more, con- I thought, more consistently effective in those areas. And and that defense was definitely better at at uh, Tamika and after the quarterback, like those you could just you could bring four and get after the quarterback with that defense. Like they were, they were really good. Like if you look at this year's defense and look at the top four guys in sacks, one's a linebacker, one's a safety. You look at the 2018 defense and the top three were all defensive linemen, and. Um, so I, I would say those are the things to me that that made that defense that that defense to me was just more consistently good. When this defense is on, it can be more dominant. 
I, I would say that. So uh, 2018 is still better. And the results of the 2012 defense were better. I mean, if, if you're looking over the years, Vince, um, with this Notre Dame defense and you just look at the numbers, I mean, this, this defense has given up right now 15.3 points per game. And that would – that's I mean, that's better than – uh, you know, the 21 defense, which was good. It was better than the 20 playoff team, which was good. It was better than the 19 team, which only gave up a 17.9. The 18 team gave up 18 points per game. We'll just go ahead and Mike Elko's defense gave up 21.5. We'll pretend the previous four years didn't happen. Uh, but then you go back to 2012, and even with Bama scoring 42 in the title game, that defense only gave up 12.8 points per game. And at the end of the day, that's the ultimate goal is to not let the other team score. And that defense didn't let teams score. Now there's context of, of, of this and all these other type of things. But, you know, the reality is, is in the regular season, that defense gave up 10.3 points per game. I'm actually going to do the math on this fence. So that's, they did, they had, um, let's see, times 12. They gave up 124 points a game that year. The Notre Dame in the regular season, this team cannot match that even if they pitch shutouts in the next three games Ooh. like because they've already given up 13 138 points right now so think about that if they pitch shutouts in the next three games they'll still give up more points per game in the regular season than the 2012 Notre Dame defense gave up in the regular season man that's really good now I mean that's they'd only be giving up 11 and a half points per game you know what I mean? Like that's really good. That's true, but that's still a whole point high, a whole one point two points higher than what the twenty twelve team gave up in the regular season. That's pretty good. So um, now I would argue that this team's playing better defenses for the most part than that. But you know that twenty twelve Oklahoma offense didn't stink, and that that twenty twelve Stanford offense didn't stink. You know, so it's not like they played bums all year. Oklahoma that year averaged 38.2 points per game. And, you know, Stanford was at 28 points per game, but they were they were much better down the stretch. Uh, you know, the week before they played Notre Dame, they scored 54. So uh, they this team, I would still argue, has been challenged a little bit more effectively. I mean, you know, who, who who's more dangerous to you offensively, 2012 Oklahoma or 2023 USC? I'd still say 2023 USC because Caleb Williams still concerns me a lot more than Landry Jones did. You know what I mean? And so, but man, 10.3 points per game in the regular season is hard for me to top. That's really yeah. hard for me to top. And and so I, I'd I'd have to go to that unit, Vince. What what a 2018? I want to see what the 2018 team the the did in the regular season just to kind of give some context about how good it's been. So they gave up 30, 30 USC. So they gave up 17.3 in the regular season per game. So it just just to put into context what this team is doing. And here, and this is the point, like the the defense in 2020, 2018 was so steady, Vince. 17, they gave up 17, gave up 16, gave up 17, gave up 27 to Wake Forest. But if you remember, like two of those touchdowns were against the backups, like the, the, the second team, 17 to Stanford, 23 to Virginia Tech, 14 to Pitt, 22 to Navy, 21, 13, 3, 17. They only had one game that year where they held an opponent to under 10 points. This team has already done that three times this season, Navy, Tennessee State, and, and Pitt. The, the thing that's hurt this team is the Louisville game kind of, jacks that up a little bit sure but um but other than that it's you know three three 24 17 17 14 33 20 and seven so like i said when it's been on it's been the most dominant defense since 2012 the 2018 was just so consistent do you agree disagree do you think any other defense and and i'll say this the 2015 team might have been the most talented defense Notre Dame had this entire time but they had flipping brian van gorder running that team and (laughs) Yeah, that's all you need to say. Yeah, ridiculous. That's all you need to say. Ridiculous. Yep. Nathan Milton, Vince and Brian show under three hours. What's going to be heck? under two here in a minute, man? It's going to well, be under yeah. two. Hey, man, our, look, this the pump for the reviews, don't, they're, they're not marathons, all right? Yeah. These are more like a middle <laughs> distance race, okay? <laughs> 
You know, you guys can make us go over three if you want to give us about 45 more Super Chats. We'll gladly stay up for that. But, uh, yeah, no, and then this is the last one, Vince. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, We're just giving you a hard time. That was good stuff. Brandon Brandon says, uh, meant to ask you yesterday, but considering the young talent and all, which senior linebackers would you like to see return next season? Honestly, I would only bring one of them back, and I don't really care which one it is. Uh, as long as it's one of JD or Marist, that's kind of where I'm at. If you know, if you're going to bring any of them back at all, I'd only bring one of them back, and that's no disrespect to those guys, but it's just kind of like at some point in time you've got to turn it over turn to the, the younger guys. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Otherwise, you're going to start losing them. And yes, I mean, that's part of it. Yes, part. Of yes, it. yes. So. Um, I mean, you don't go to college thinking you're going to have to be competing against a bunch of sixth-year seniors. I mean, you know, it's the COVID right. stuff, but at the same time, I it look. And these kids, I mean, J.D. and Marist are playing at a pretty high level right now. I'd say, yeah. you know, do you want to come back, risk getting injured again? Now, they got to finish strong, for but sure. for me. I just don't know yeah. how much their draft stock, if that's what they're attending to do. I just don't know how much their draft stock gets better. You know it, what I mean? If we're, Marist if we're looking could, at, maybe. Uh, Marist, yeah, because, he's, not, not because JD, of his though. length. Because JD's not going to get any more athletic, and he's already pretty athletic. Right. Yeah. But he's not going to get any taller. He's not going to get any thicker. He's not, you know, he he is what he is, and he's playing really good football right now. Right. Like like you said, now he may just say, but I love playing in Notre Dame, and that's fine. And I love that. And if like I said, I'd like Jack Kaiser, love kid, but it, you know, best of luck to you, you know. Uh Maris and JD. Oh, it would be tough to turn them both down, but you, I think you kind of yeah. have to. It's kind of time to move on to those younger guys. It really is. And so I don't really care which one it is. I mean, part of me kind of feels like if I had to pick between the two, it would be J.D. And then right. I let Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen and Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Seed battle for that will job. But part of me is like, do you really want three of those four kids and Kingston Viliyama Asa sitting on the bench next year? I don't. And then we're going to do, hey, JD, we're going to rotate you more this year. Why, why, he's yeah, a six year senior, three time captain. You, why would you do that? Why, yeah. Why would you right? stick that? And if it's Al that. Golden, he's not going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, right. I think right. it's time to, I think it's time for the youth movement a little bit defensively yeah. next season at right. linebacker, a linebacker, defensive tackle, different story because that's not, that position is not as deep as the linebacker position is. There's no Drake Bowen and Kingston Viliama Asa and Jalen Sneed and, Nolan Ziegler necessarily ready to step in for those guys. You know what I mean? Like mate, you can maybe argue Gabriel Rubio's that guy, but I want that rotation next year with those guys. So, uh, so yeah, I I don't know that I'd bring either one of them back, any of them back, but I would, I would, I would have a hard time telling no to all three of them. That's really what it comes down to for me, Vince. You, you agree? Yeah, no, I'm with you hundred percent. As much as I like those three guys and I think that they've done great things in Notre Dame, it's just you're right. This is college, not the NFL. Right. And I I would I would I would sit down with them and I would be like, you know, maybe those are the guys that you get those, you know, those draft, you know, whatever's with, you know what I mean? Where they go yeah. and they figure out what their what what their potential draft stock is, you know. Um, yep. evaluations. That's the word I was looking for draft evaluation. I think you can do like five guys. I think those guys would be candidates for that, you know, um, and just see where they lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I agree with you because there's so much talent behind them and I know people are chomping at the bit to see those guys and I get it. Uh, I think it's just, it's, it's probably time, but I, if it was one, I'd bring back JD. I, yeah. If if I if, get you're gonna have a young defense next year, and he's gonna be a guy that can kind of get everybody lined up. But but then it's like okay, then you go into 2025 with a incredibly talented defense, and now whoever your mic is has got to learn to do it's all that. Brand new. I'd rather like let Drake Bowen or Jaden Osbury sure. or Kingston, whoever's gonna be Nolan Ziegler, whoever's gonna be at yeah. Mike and Will Jalen Steed at Mike and Will next year. Let them learn on the fly and take your lumps against. Northern Illinois and Purdue and Miami of Ohio and Stanford and, and, and Navy and eventually, army. And, and eventually you got to rip off the band aid, man. You yeah. got to rip the band aid off and you got to move yeah. on. I mean, that's just the yeah. way it is. And I think next year is the year to do it. I really do. I, I don't I like, again, I don't think JD can help himself anymore by coming back. Like go next step, man. Now it's agree. I look at linebacker very similar to running back, you know, it's only so many times that you're going to be stepping into the hole and just snot bubbling somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
go to the next level and get paid to do that for a while. You know, I, I just, there, there's a shelf life for linebackers. Let's put it that way. That's how I feel mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so go, go get it, man. Go, go after it. So, and I would yep. tell that to all three of those guys, frankly. Yep. I agree. I, I just, I think you kind of maybe want to bring one back, but I, I, if they, if they, if, you know, I'd be fine with that too. Last one, Vince, here we go. Oh my goodness. This is a whole show. Uh, Tim B says, I will be brief. I promise. Yeah. Top three. I got a pack brother. Top three issues with wide receiver room slash Stucky and fixes. Fixes will be more of an off season conversation, but I'll tell you my big three issues that, and I'll say it this way, Tim, I want to see them get addressed over the next three games. Some of it is starting to already, which is good. Number two will. But if he starts to address it later this year, then that tells me he's already identified the issue and already identified the fixes. And you start feeling better about it. Number one, who plays and how they're used. Uh, Yeah, it was great to see Tobias Merriweather play, but he should have played earlier, should have got the ball earlier. He hardly played in the first quarter and a half. And when he was, it was obvious rundowns, run situations. Yeah. You know, he needs to be doing more. I I, I love Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores. They should not be your starting wide receivers. I'm sorry. You're putting too much on those kids than, than you right. should. That's And that's not a knock on them. It's it's you're now putting them in some tough spots. Use them as compliments more. Uh, you know, get Tobias going. Hopefully this sparks him a little bit. And it just seems a lot like, you know, the kind of guys he recruited tend to get more benefit of the doubt. Like the play Rico had on Saturday is worse than anything Tobias Merriweather ever did is from a mistake standpoint ever. You know what I mean? Like result in interception. I don't believe that anything Tobias Merriweather done has resulted in an interception. His mistakes have resulted in an interception, right? Yeah. That's not a knock on Rico. It's right. that's going to happen with a young guy. Yep. Well, you exactly. didn't play Tobias last year. So he, you know, so he, he's working through some of those. You didn't recruit him. That's the only thing I, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me. It, it honestly is this so it is what it is number two i've said this a lot they don't play with a lot of urgency that's getting better however that's the one thing that's been getting better and number three is the basic the technique is very basic and and it needs to be better and it's from releases it's top ends it's it's uh stems it's it's all of that and then then right the i guess last four i'm gonna throw four bits they don't compete for the ball but as a unit right, right. they don't compete when when chris tyree has your most impressive catches of the season and he's got a couple now that's a problem because he's not a receiver i mean he's still learning to be a receiver right so yep that's I that's like my it. those are those are my four i would say vince and, fixes and we'll, we'll see if they get fixed but those are good off-season topics of and they're returning all of those guys like everybody should, better should be, be coming back better everybody's be. coming in, in my opinion everybody's coming they back better be plus you're adding with the guys that are coming in and williams this, this Michael room, yeah. th- this room has the has the opportunity to be a really deep and really good room that can benefit, you know, this offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yep. you're going to have a new quarterback next year, yep. and it would be real nice to really count on the wide receivers to help whoever the quarterback is come along. I better not hear a peep in the offseason about transfer as a receiver. I don't care. Oh, agreed. Nope. Like coming in, you mean, or going out? I, I better not hear a peep about guys coming in. Yes, okay. I, I better not hear a peep about going and looking for transfer yeah. receivers. I don't want to hear yes. a peep. So, Agreed. Anyway. Agreed. Take us out here, Vince. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast upon further review. and Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, give us a five-star review, and uh, tell your family and friends, you know, because – where else would you want to spend your Sunday evenings than with us breaking down the film, telling you guys what's going on? I love this group of people that we have in on Sunday nights, man. They're the ones that love the X's and O's, man, the nitty gritty. And that those are my people, and I appreciate it. So, <laughs> folks, thanks a lot for sticking around. Of course, we've got another week jam-packed full of shows yep. coming up. It's Clemson week starting yeah, tomorrow morning. We're going to turn the page. back tomorrow. Yep. That's right. So we've got we've got Clemson week coming in strong and uh, another big test for this team on the road. So we I might you're discuss. Be there. We might discuss on Tuesday how Clemson's run began against Notre Dame, according to Dabo, mm. and Notre Dame can could could finally put it to rest and end it officially. Oh. End it. It's dying. It's on life support. 
Notre Dame could pull the plug this weekend. If they're, they're if handing Notre Dame the plug, baby. Yeah. They're handing them the plug. Let's yeah. go. Just got to pull it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. I got to go pack, so I'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.